guess. Hello world, huh? <laughs> oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Light the candle! What? Well, I thought Poulter was number two in the world. <laughs> um. <laughs> Expect anything different? All possible, Garrett. Yes, it is, Frank. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and how about the rise smile on Tiger's face? Yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode here of Sunday Red. Joined, as always, by my two good friends, Kari Jacko. Jacko, what's up in a man? <sighs> Let me tell you, boys. Sigh of relief there. Don't have to use the iron covers. Yeah. I, I no doubt in my mind, my boy Eldrick was pulling through for me. But yeah, no, happy to be back at it with the boys. Uh, really looking forward to this interview coming out. Uh, I think it's going to be really good when fans are uh, fans. I say that lightly, uh, but I think all the the few listeners will will really enjoy it. But yeah, no, happy to be back at it with you, fellas. So, anyways, what's up, Ricks? What's happening, boys? We had a we had a big week of uh, golf, and I'm actually going to start talking about the match right away. Uh, Giver, you're uh, you're one lucky man because I was dying to see. I was so <laughs> torn. I wanted Tiger to win uh, with Manning there, and the, um, and but like the, as as like the days led up, I was actually looking more forward to you using iron head covers for <laughs> for a full month there. Um, <laughs> but a few uh, a few takeaways from the match uh, overall. To me, a success. I, I thought it was. I thought it was all right. Obviously, the weather wasn't ideal. It was. Uh, it was windy and rainy there. Um, Jacko, let's uh, let's hear your opinion on Tiger shorts to start things off because those things are brutal. And obviously, I hear. I keep hearing how good friends JT and Tiger are, but good friends don't let uh, other friends wear shorts like that. So tell me what's going on. I don't know. The, I've I've said it time and time again. Those like he has the worst short style I've ever seen. I I think I you know I, I'll call him out. I think Tiger probably has the worst you know casual slash off golf course style you could ever imagine. If it's not pants and a golf uh, golf shirt, I don't know who's dressing them, but they they need to get fired. He needs to bring in somebody new. Between that or, or his jeans, it is not a good look. But yeah, I don't, I don't like them. Uh, you think Nike would put them in something fresh, like something clean? Like they, they look to be about three inches too long, four, four sizes too big, and pockets just in places that you don't need pockets, like on the side. Like if I was, you know, just seeing those shorts, that's a, that's an auto thirteen plus. Okay. See so more <laughs> quickly on the shorts, and then I want to get to untucked shirts again. I we might have even discussed the last episode. Shorts are a rough go for me, but he is the goat, and uh, we'll get into it a little bit more. But he didn't miss a fairway or green, I don't think. So I'm I actually bought four pairs of those bad boys. <laughs> Matt, Matt, his swing was completely dialed in, and uh, we, I mean, whoever watched it will understand. But like, it's like that Tiger when like Simo uh, talks about like the, when you're flowing or whatever. Like, I mean, he's picking up the tee before the balls at the apex. Like, I mean, he had control over his golf ball all day, which is like. It was wonderful to see. We'll get into the Manning Brady Phil thing in like a second, but quickly in the in the preview photo when they're all standing together, like uh, like the versus thing, whatever the the network did. Uh, Tom Brady untucked shirt. Did we talk about this uh, last week? It feels like it's been forever since we talked last. No, What's your we haven't we haven't talked about that. We that was passing through our group chat. Okay, I, I get I confused. 
stand it. I hate it. And you know, it's funny. A lot of people are doing it. Like, uh, you know, I don't know why it's the new style. Like going untucked. And I'm like, since when is that cool? I, I, unless I'm just not cool anymore, which I don't think I ever was, but it's just ask, just ask Joel Damon. <laughs> but I don't know, like the untucked. I think you're at the golf course, tuck the shirt and it looks clean. You look sharp, you know, look good, feel good, play good. Simo, what's your opinion? I have my when own. you're the goat, when you're the goat, we got four goats out there. Listen, first match to me, first match to me with Tiger and Phil, not a win. Ricky and Wolf against DJ and Rory, not a win. I think we all kind of had our different takes on what we wanted to do differently. They got it right. We're watching it. There's entertainment out there. It's awesome. But going back to your thing, untucked shirt. When you're a goat, you do what you want. Like that's the that's the whole thing about being a goat. You just do what you want to do. Okay, I thought you're. I thought you're gonna go on a completely different uh, strand there. Okay, <laughs> untucked shirt for me. Um, actually, it's it's hilarious that it lines up with uh, uh, Colt's interview today because someone on Twitter, like I can't even remember his name. He's he's a, some pigeon. Uh, is chirping him out because he's like playing in that uh, the Outlaw Tour event with or the Arizona Tour with an untucked shirt, and then like he's just like mentions back he's like whatever like i don't care what you have to say which i 100 percent agree with on twitter that tom brady doesn't have a shirt tucked in to me as long as it's not like a foot joy xl shirt and it's like a modern <laughs> cut i don't think you need to have a shirt tucked in anymore like i, I i'm completely okay with walking on a course with like as long as it's not like past your pockets and it like somewhat it like fits snugly and yeah untucked shirts 100 percent okay like I, I, I can't believe we're still stuck in that way. And obviously, Gibber's still like, uh, that's who I'm talking about right well, now. For me, but, it's just, I think the comfort, like, I don't think I could swing, like, like I, unless, like, it's an uber, like, you know, fitted shirt where, you know, it's not going to be moving around. If I you tuck it in, like, you, 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 you know, you're not putting that added element in there, you, you know, grip no. getting there, trying to hit a, t- a feel shot and you get the grip caught in the shirt in the wind. No. Yeah, but we're talking about different styles of shirt here because, like, my shirts do not interfere with my swing at all. Like, and they just sit, like, I don't know, like I said, four inch spots of shorts. They got that European cut. It's more than okay. So that's what that's a, a point I wanted to start with. Um, we, so, we, sorry, we've covered the Tiger shorts, we've covered the untucked shirt. Let's get into the, some of the golf stuff. Like, if you're Tom Brady and you're on the sixth hole, what is going through your head? And I will give him the ultimate credit in the world. I would be dropping F-bomb after F-bomb if you're completely imploding on national television like you did. He couldn't keep it on planet Earth. Like, And I mean that in the utmost respect because obviously he's an amazing athlete, but that had to be eating him inside where he was hitting that golf ball. What what did you guys think when he was going through the through that process? Well, I think it's one of those ones like they they interviewed before and like they said like you know him and Peyton were very like noticeably nervous and you know obviously they played on the biggest stages you could ever imagine but you mix okay you're you're playing a a sport that you know you've never really played before on live television with the two two of the greatest players of all time for massive amounts of money and I'm sure they between the four of them had a little little uh, side bet going on as well. So I'm sure there was a couple of mil floating around in the mix uh, mix between them. But I, I think for, for Tom, how do you have just hit a good first tee shot? He would have been off and running and that match could have went wildly different, but he got it, got it squirrely off the first. I somewhat agree, off. man. I somewhat agree. You, you hit one and you start thinking and especially because I, I don't think Tom swings all that bad. I think he swings it way better than Peyton. 
but he's I think he's got more speed and gets that face really open at the top. I disagree. I thought Peyton. I, world I disagree. Class. I really like Peyton's swing. It was just yeah. compact and had a good rhythm to it. Brady couldn't. I think it's the only time, and that's why we did a little of it. I mentioned that Brady's swinging it like Gibber at the Nash. The only thing is, is Brady started to figure it out at the end. Gibber did not. Um, <laughs> Gibber needed like a sleep yeah. in between. <laughs> I knew from the beginning he got one left, and then the next one went way right. And he, once you get the two way miss, there is uh, no going back. I think there was a clip where he was talking with Tiger, and he had it like in the back. And he's like, I'm just back there. And just, I'm like, nope. And he's like, should I swing hard? And Tiger's like, I've been there. Don't do that. <laughs> it was just like, you can't get it going right. I felt so bad for him. But yeah. I mean, when you're the goat, you do those kind of things. And like uh, the seventh hole, you got Barkley chirping at him. You got Kepka going at him. You got the world just going at him. And then he just holes one out shot of the whole round. Unbelievable. Of course he does that to me. Um, but big takeaways for me, the JT on the mic unbelievable it was like really cool one of my favorite moments was i think early it was like the third hole phil had missed the green to the to the right and jt was asking phil about like his thought process through the chip and with the dew he wanted to hit it into the grain so it allowed the ball to kind of like skip forward and then it would be a delayed check and like exactly what phil said he did it and like that's why you gotta love phil mickelson because like those things just that's just such a Phil Mickelson move. And then to me, you mentioned it like Tiger's swing. I, I, it was so boring to watch. I think if you played by himself, he would have shot six under like he, he unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, okay. Quickly, uh, quick taking away from the JT thing. He did a phenomenal job. Um, I actually just watched like a, just before we jumped on here, I watched an interview with him on the golf channel and he's talking about, there's a lot of times where like they tell him like, don't talk. So like he didn't get up off as much as he wanted during the coverage because they had, they had like they're trying to make it what it is right they have people calling in like you got like certain people donating to certain charities i understand it's a production but like uh, i actually laughed a lot at my tv when uh when uh chucky was talking about like nba players sh- like should be able to dunk a basketball just like pga tour players should be able to hit like a butter cut down the fairway or whatever and jt's like <laughs> Chuck, I like to see your fat ass dunk a basketball right now. <laughs> like, that's another thing you get into in golf coverage. Like, a little bit of swearing's okay. Like, we don't want to hear f bombs, and obviously it has to be yeah. f- uh, family friendly. But that shows like an element of like a little. Uh, these guys are human, and it gave it gave me a good laugh. Um, yeah. As far as Tom Brady, that we didn't even talk about the the ass the the seam rip. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just when you know, like you know, things are going bad. When like you just can't buy a break and then you split your pants. Like <laughs> I've done it at the bowling alley before. It's when you make a mistake of wearing jeans, and now every time I go to the bowling alley, I see someone wearing jeans. I'm like, okay, hey, they're they're a rookie. You can't wear that tight of pants when you're bowling. Same thing on golf. Like obviously went one one size too small, and he's got the gibber ass syndrome. Um, but uh, as far as Peyton goes, like he's hitting that like little. He had that one-way miss, obviously off the tee, he was a little bit left, but then he was hitting that little hook back in the uh, back into the greens. I thought that was pretty pretty impressive. And on the back nine, the quality of play was way better than I anticipated, mm-hmm. which is oh. really cool. It's amazing that alternate shot was better than better ball. Like wow. it's amazing. I, I think Peyton on his own ball, Peyton on his own ball was. I think he made three feathers. Like that's that's pretty insane. Right, like he he birdied, he made two twos, he made birdied two of the par threes. 
the, that, those are the holes I would never expect one of those guys to make a birdie on. I think it's the third and the, what was it, the 17th or 16th? I think 17th, where they all stuffed it into like two feet. Yeah. And Tiger was like 10 feet and he was the worst shot. Um, is that but, technically his too? I'll give it to him. Okay. Um, but the the one thing I want to say with the the, the broadcast, I loved it. I liked I liked the the color guys in there. I think Barkley is is hilarious. You calling Barkley uh, a color guy? <laughs> oh come on! Um, but what does that mean? Like color commentator. Oh, okay. Thank you, dummy. Um, but the the one when after Brady holds that shot. Did you did you see what they did? Brady goes take a suck on that Chuck, and then they went through, and I think they had him say something else. So when they posted on Instagram, it was like take a sip of that medicine or something. Oh. <laughs> they went and fixed it, but then oh, they that. posted like like everyone already got it. Bob Mennery had already had it. Oh, it was too funny. But no, I I thought I thought the coverage was awesome. JT was actually hilarious. Uh, it was, it was Amanda Balionis too that was on the course. She does a good job, man. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, but no, I, I had a great time watching it. I watched, you know, every, every ounce of coverage. So I will also say, fellas, I've said this in the past. You know, I, I wouldn't say I'm like a huge Phil Mickelson fan. Okay. But you know what? Phil made a fan out of me from this event. I've also yeah. said that Phil will not win another PGA Tour event. I know when I'm wrong on certain things, and I truly believe that I'm wrong. That dude's got a ton of game. He's super entertaining. Like I think when he hit that par four and in like he hit it to like twenty five feet, he's driving down Straight the stairway. He's like bombs, nasty, greasy nasty bombs. bombs. Like I love that. And then Brady makes the putt and he's chirping. He's like, "Oh, that's good, Tiger." Like he, I really like Phil. Like I'm a big, big Phil fan from now. On. I I like the part of that sound bit that made me the laugh artist. He's like, uh, he like hard, nasty. Hi. He pauses for a second. He goes straight. Like he he asks like a question mark on the straight, and he goes bombs. I, I like I said, Phil. I, I've said a hundred times on here. He's like a like cartoon character to me. He, yeah. he is ultimate entertaining. Yeah, he hit it like a ten handicap on the front nine. Like for the most part, he hit some horrible golf shots. But uh, I mean, he's got those hands around the green. Like it's just, it's. I mean, so you good. started like hearing what he has to say about how he wants the like the chips release, like Simo uh, um, averted to there. But like, I mean, this guy's got unreal touch, and when he's rolling it well, you can't count him out. Just like people counted him out for the Open Championship, he'll kind of he'll prove you wrong. And uh, yeah, uh, another thing quickly before <laughs> we move on, let me say one thing about Phil. I'm did everyone did everyone watch the the like the Phil's pregame clip where he's talking like we're gonna be I've got the glue the calves activated I got you know yeah. we're gonna be hitting bombs not only we're gonna be hitting bombs we're gonna be hitting hellacious seas and I'm like what is a hellacious sea then he goes on to explain what a hellacious sea is but then he was just all designing he goes and you know what I put the tiger slayer in the bag and in the putter like, who how do you think of doing that like just like it's funny but he actually used it and he putted good too. I, oh man i think he, he's funny like and I, I think the the one piece is i i think that was actually how he would probably talk and play when he plays with the boys i don't think he was trying hard and that's just phil being phil and the tiger says yes ladies and gentlemen this is what i have to deal with every time we play <laughs> i think he's somewhat forced to talk more in between holes but on tee off boxes and greens like that's when the banter happens and i think that was pretty standard you know what i mean just like when we're playing yeah. together like 
it's almost to a point where you have to be together. You're not going to yell a chirp across the fairway. Like it just doesn't really work that way. But because they're mic'd up there, they, they have a little bit more banter. But like all the chirping comes either off the tee or on the greens when you're playing as a foursome for a little bit of money, in my opinion. Right? From my from our experience. Um, how about Tom Brady being an eight handicap and not, not knowing how to take a drop from a lateral hazard? <laughs> Like, is he an eight handicap? I'm kind of confused. I think he's nervous in the moment with the TV on, and he's just like, what do I do here? I don't want to fuck this up. Um, So I get it. Like, I probably do the same thing. I played a bunch of golf, but, like, you're on TV, and you're like, you haven't been there playing a sport. It's like, just walk me through this. (laughs) See, I I would never compare your golf game to Tom (laughs) Brady. No, I never. (laughs) But I actually think he's trying, like, when he's, he's struggling, so he's trying to get one of those announcers just say, hey, Tom, just drop that in the rough over there. Not to drop it probably. Oh, Tom, you get two club lengths and you got to drop it in the sand still. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's To me, that I start questioning an eight, a single-digit handicap if they don't know a simple drop. But I've been wrong before many times, yeah. actually. So who knows? But uh, but uh, speaking of like uh, guessing handicaps, I don't know about you guys. But they're just like endless opportunities when it comes to our what's your handicap segment going in the future. Just being on the golf course finally and like looking around. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it is unbelievable. And and we will save them because like I I write them down every time I see them. I make sure. But there are so many good ones out there. Like golf is one of those unique, unique sports. Yeah, I got a couple written down. I think they're pretty fire. Yeah. Like just like you said, just from the first, like I've only played twice, but the things I've seen in two rounds. And right now we only have 35, like 35 or 40 members playing at our track. So mm-hmm. like in that small sample size, I've already compiled a whole whole bunch of them. And it's like, oh, it's awesome. Oh, it's yeah. just endless. Um, I, I think we should talk about like now we we've all hit the links though. And you know how, for me, I think this is, I don't, you know, don't want to jinx or anything. This is probably the best I've ever hit it at the start of the start of a year. Oh, we're uh, getting into our, our own golf games now. Let's, well, why not? Sure. Why not? Right. I think sure. we finally all play. I played, Simo uh, played. You've been playing in the snow out in Thunder Bay still for everyone. <laughs> it, it's beautiful here. Just so you know. I know it's hot, hot, yeah, hot yeah. as hell here, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm pretty happy with how I play, but it's just, it was so nice to get out there and you know, the, the different things, but um yeah i'll let you guys touch on it. i don't know like i'm i'm happy with how i play i can't wait to tip it up with the two of you but let's, uh, let's hear some details let's uh if you want to give numbers you can jacko but tell us what you've been work what you've been doing really well and like what you've been doing really shitty so actually i i've scored pretty well the first round i played I made five feathers uh but yeah so i got around uh, so at the hills the chair is pretty pretty tough track but i shot 73 my first round and <laughs> o- only lost one nug um oh. so i was happy really happy it, with that it's a pretty forgiving golf course as far as driving it goes so. yeah well forgiving in terms of finding golf balls yes, yes but you can put yourself in some very very bad spots in a hurry i agree um it's it's sneaky sneaky difficult um but yeah no i did uh yeah hit, i drove it actually the first day spectacular like it was like the best i've ever driven it in a long time but uh the wedges like from 120 and in i wasn't dialed so you know drove it really well but then i was i wasn't wedging it anywhere near as close as i should but uh yeah no one nug round so, so i've only lost one nug in 36 holes real happy about that it's impressive okay see well let's hear it buddy let's hear the damage because well, you know what I, I pulled yeah you, you saw the results obviously if you dissect the scorecard you saw the start 
everyone. I actually I didn't look at the scorecard that close. I look Let at me, the nine nine and then I'm done. Okay, so started off the round. There's water way left, or not way left. There's water left. So I'm like, I'm aiming this thing 30 yards right. So I aimed it 30 yards right, pulled it right in the water. So <laughs> first shot right in the lake, took a nice drop, ended up making bogey. Uh, second hole, short par three, missed the green left again. Uh, but luckily chipped it up, made par. Third hole, okay, I want to paint this picture for you. Dog leg left, but you can like take it straight over the OB. It's not in play. I've played this course a hundred times. I think I've hit it OB one time when I was 12. I not only hit it OB, You've hit it two times now. Okay. Hit it two <laughs> times. I not only hit it OB, but I topped it and it almost hit my left foot and it just trickled OB. It was like 30 yards. Oh, it's even worse. Trickled I'd rather OB. just blast it OB. And I looked at like I looked back at my playing partners and they're like, I've never seen you do that. I'm like, oh, I've never seen I do it either, but I have a scratch mark on like the white part of my heel now, which is brutal. Um <laughs> But I stepped up there and I, I hooked one over the OB into the trees. Had an actually pretty decent shot to about eight feet, but missed it. So I started bogey, par, double. Uh, but then I kind of figured it out. I fought the driver all day. I hit it kind of straight after that, but I kind of fought it. wasn't uh, wasn't tight. But everything else, irons are really good. Wedges, I was hitting it to pretty good range. I missed a lot of putts, but ended up with a little little six nine to start the year so i can't complain i'm happy with where we're going here as long as we uh eliminate that little shank driver that i hit <laughs> that's that's so impressive i'm not going to elaborate on that but like well congratulations on being good at golf i guess like we're not playing the same sport i i already explained my first couple of rounds i think I've, I've played i think five rounds now 18 holes like i've played a lot of golf um Started off in the 80s, first couple, last three have been in the 70s. I tripled 18 to shoot 75 today or something like that. Yeah, right around there. Uh, really hurt. I had a top three wood in there. Like, I was just like exhausted towards the end. You know, what I mean? my, my mental capacity just wasn't there. But I'm like uh, averaging three or four feathers around. I, I've actually really enjoyed the way I've hit the ball. I've kept it like right in front of me. Uh, for me, that's really good. So uh, optimistic on as far as the season goes. Um, I'm looking forward to like hearing all our progressions as we go. Cause I, I'll, I'll be more up and down than you guys see Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how steady you stay under par. Uh, give right. Oh, you just ordered a new driver. We talked about it before this. I can't wait to see the ball fight on that thing. Um, because if yeah. anyone ever has ever heard or seen Gibber hit a driver, it's pretty impressive. Um, I can't wait. I don't think I've ever been this excited to get a driver. Like I, I, I didn't even buy that M2. I bought like train picked it up for me. Uh, it was like a, demo that i bought so this is the first brand new fresh out of the package fresh shaft everything driver in 10 years so i'm i'm pretty excited for it i traded myself on this one there's no way it's been 10 years since you have a new driver i had the 913 when Guess that what year out? that came out 2000 oh i guess 2012 no yeah yeah fall 2012 yeah so okay so eight years okay Right. So there you go. Sure, but it's the same. It's a little too critical there for no reason. Yeah. Jeez. Come on, Rex. It's a kid's show. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited for that driver. I can't wait. So mm -hmm. hopefully I'll be hitting bombs like Phil. Or a little bit straighter than Phil. Uh, quick, yeah. Quickly before we wrap things up, uh, um, I know this is releasing on Wednesday. On Sunday, they released uh, the Tiger Slam on Golf Channel. Um, I think they're going to be showing it for. 
it'll be on randomly in the evenings for anyone that's a golf fan that like wants to check out uh, uh, the history of that slam when he won. Obviously, the Masters was in the following year, but four in a row. I watched a little bit of it. Really cool, uh, really cool inside scoop. They talked to uh, Stevie there, and he kind of gives some inside perspectives. And uh, they talked to the guys like like Bob May and stuff like that. Uh, for golf fans, for sure, worth turning into because that's a uh, that's probably like in our generation and feed in sports. That's probably up there, right? Like, I mean, you talk about MJ's two back-to-back repeats, which we talked uh, with Colt about. Um, that this is like somewhat similar uh, as far as maybe even a little bit above as far as athletes' accomplishments um, in the '90s or '90s and 2000s. So definitely worth the watch. No doubt. Well, there we have it, everyone. Uh, we're gonna jump right into the Colt Nost interview. Awesome guy. Awesome interview. You guys are gonna love this one. Uh, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Follow us on Instagram at Sunday Red Pod for some uh, daily, daily posts and 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 good stuff that we're trying to do there. Uh, also on Twitter. But uh, without further ado, everyone, let's jump into the Colt interview. Mr. Hub, Mr. Geener is ready for your interview. Actually, we'll be interviewing as a team. We're here to fuck shit up. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Sunday Red Podcast. Joining us today on the show is a former professional golfer and product at a Southern Methodist University. Born June 26, 1985 in Garrettsville, Ohio, Colt had a storied amateur career. Colt is the former U.S. Amateur and U.S. Am Publinks champion, a Walker Cup team member, and Dixie Amateur champion. Colt actually foregoed his spot in the 2008 Masters by turning professional in 2007, where he again succeeded at the professional level, having earned over $5 million in his professional career on the Corn Ferry and PGA Tours, respectively. Colt is now trading in his clubs for a microphone, having accepted a broadcasting opportunity with CBS Sports, in addition to hosting his awesome podcast, Golf Subpar, which we're all fans of. Little known facts about Colt here. Despite attending SMU, Colt's actually a Texas Longhorn fan. His favorite drink is a lemon drop martini. His go-to karaoke song is I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. And before he decided to make the move into broadcasting, he briefly pursued his dream of becoming a Starbucks barista. But after a woman came in and ordered a venti, half whole milk, one quarter, one percent, one quarter non-fat, extra hot, split quad shots, one and a half shots decaf, two and a half shots regular, no foam latte with whip, two packets of Splenda, one sugar in the raw with a touch of vanilla syrup and three short sprinkles of cinnamon. He slowly took off his green apron, looked at her in the face and said, fuck you, Karen. You don't want to play him in gin. He is none other than Colt, Big Gravy Nost. Colt, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, guys. And I will be honest, since it's almost Mother's Day, my mom's favorite drink is actually a lemon drop martini. So, <laughs> funny. I got something out of it. Yeah. You really dug deep for this. Yeah. How you been? How you, uh, what's keeping you busy during the quarantine days? Man, everything is great, except for obviously this pandemic we're going through. But yeah. man, I've, we are so lucky here in Scottsdale. Uh, Whisperock has been open. Uh, oh. been golf. I've been playing more golf now than I did when I was on tour. I uh, basically play every single day. Um, you know, working hard with the, the subpar podcast. Been filming a lot of those, um, you know, while guys are in town right now and stuff. So it's it's been great. 
obviously I'm really looking forward to getting past all this and getting back to some kind of normalcy, but you know, we're making the best of it. And, and technically uh, golfing right now is building those business relationships that's required for the, the business you've been running. So uh, it works out all in the end. Uh, we like to start off with, uh, with junior golf. And I, I know you were born in Ohio and then moved to Texas. I don't know quite at what age, but what was, um, what was your uh, junior time like? And then uh, what made the decision to go to SMU? Yeah, so basically my mom moved to Texas when I was around two, two and a half years old. So, I mean, I don't really consider Ohio home. I'm, I consider Texas home. That's all I've ever really known. Um, I started golf late when I picked up a club when I was around 12 years old, basically when I saw Tiger Woods win the Masters uh, and then really got serious probably right before, before high school, so 14 years old. Just fell in love with the game. I've always been a huge sports junkie. I mean, I played everything, but as time went on, I realized I wasn't probably quite built for – a lot of other sports and and i found obviously golf you can be any kind of build and still succeed at it and so i kind of you know focused dropped everything and focused on golf and you know fell in love with it and just kind of one of those guys that just learned really quickly i mean i think i within two years of picking up a club i I broke par um so just it's one of those things that came natural to me and just i just i love the game i love the challenge of it it's one of those few sports you can't really blame anyone else for anything it's all it's all on you and um, I found out at another early age, around 15 or 16, that you can gamble quite a bit at this game, which I really enjoyed doing. So that, uh, that really caught my eye when I found out you could do that. Wow. And it, was there any uh, uh, st- uh, state junior uh, titles or like any U.S. juniors that led you uh, to go to SMU? How did that relationship happen? Yeah, so I didn't play any AJGAs until my senior year in high school, really. I, I might have played one or two my junior year, but... I, I mean, my town I grew up in was 5,000 people. It's a country town. I mean, there's no golf course. So mm. there was nothing really uh, – I didn't play a ton of junior golf. I mean, I was obviously the best on my high school team. I mean, there was not much competition, and I won the state title, I think, my senior year. And uh, I guess I really – I didn't have many looks from a lot of schools. Uh, I started working with a well-known golf coach named Randy Smith in Dallas who taught Justin Leonard growing up amongst a lot of other people. He teaches Scotty Scheffler now who's obviously nice. a superstar on the PGA Tour or up-and-coming superstar. And he really got a couple colleges to take a look at me. He got Oklahoma and uh, Texas Tech to take a look at me. I was scheduled to go visit there. And I got an email from the SMU coach, Jay Lore, one day and said, hey, I saw you at the Byron Nelson Jr. I like what I saw. Why don't you come down and meet me? And so I drove down to Dallas, which was an hour from my home, and met with Coach and just fell in love with the campus, fell in love with everything he had to say. And he was also 10 minutes from where Randy Smith taught. And I was like, this is kind of a perfect setup. I mean, if I want to get better, why not stay really close to my my golf, my swing coach? And I didn't even go on the other visits or anything. I committed to SMU. And wow. I mean, it was honestly the best decision I've made uh, in the game of golf. So we mentioned in the, the intro, a Longhorns fan. How does that happen if uh, you enjoyed SMU so much? Yeah, so I've always been a Longhorn fan. Always okay. football. I mean, I, I root for them nonstop. I wanted to go there. Um, I'd been to Austin many a times, just loved everything about it. And basically, Coach Fields down there told me I wasn't good enough. And, and I mean, that kind of spurred me, which I get it. I mean, I wasn't good enough at the time. Um, but SMU gave me that chance. And you know, I, I got better every year in college, and it, it was so fun. I mean, I guess two years ago at Jordan Spieth's wedding, Coach Fields was there, and we had some cocktails, and I gave it to him pretty good. <laughs> but, uh, like, I heard yeah, I, I, I was wrong. I was wrong about <laughs> you. So it was uh, it was fun, though. He's a great dude, and I, I still root for Texas, even though they suck in football the last few years. It's been frustrating, but 
Um, I, I, I've always kind of questioned whether or not that should be on my bio on the PGA Tour because I get a lot of shit for it because uh, it's not the school I went to. But SMU's football was so bad for so long, and I'm just a big football guy, and I, I, I love watching college football and gambling on college football. And There wasn't much to root for with SMU, but uh, they're getting better, though. They're getting better. They took a while to recover from that, uh, I think it was it, it 87, that scandal. So they had a lot of years of trying to fight back. Oh, they got screwed. That was awful. <laughs> plus, plus, if you went to Texas, uh, you wouldn't be our favorite SMU alumni. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> By a long shot, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Be so so um, you, yeah. you, you mentioned uh, you're into the gambling side. So talk us about any gambling, you know, mm-hmm. kind of during at SMU. Because I know, like, growing up, you know, you throw, uh, you know, playing with the boys. Like, what kind of games are you guys playing at school? Because as much as, you know, you you still have to grind, you have the qualifiers to get into all these tournaments. But I, a lot of the time, I know, you know, we'd have these matches going on at the same time. Would you guys have any uh, you know, kind of call side scratch going on during these qualifiers? Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't know if there's a day that's gone by where I really haven't played for anything on the golf course. That's just kind of my mentality. I mean, when I was 16 years old, I was playing with the club pro where I, I would play and all these older guys. I mean, they were old to me. They were grown adults and um, me playing for money. And if I lost 100 bucks, it was a stressful situation. <laughs> But, I mean, that's how I learned how to play, and I and I loved it. And, I mean, we went to college, and the same thing. I mean, none of us still had really any money in college. Um, so you're playing, you know, someone might lose 100, 200 bucks here or there. And, but I've always believed, I mean, gambling for your own money is such a such a great way to learn the game, great way to learn how to play under pressure. And, I mean, if I ever have kids one day and they want to play golf, I, I encourage it. Um, I mean, there's nothing like having a putt for your own money on the line. Yeah. It's different when it's the PGA Tour's money or the sponsor's money, whoever it is, but – when you have to pull that money out of your own wallet, it sucks, and uh, it, it teaches you a lot about yourself. No, I, I you know, I couldn't agree more because I know, you know, growing up, you see all these like people growing up, and you think, how would that person never make it on the PGA Tour? And I think there's a, a really fine line between playing really high end amateur golf and playing professional golf when there's money on the line. So it, it really makes a difference when you learn how to play for money at a young age. Totally agree. I'm going to I want to throw a little change up here and I hear golf and gambling. And one thing that comes to mind uh, the time we're recording this is where I think we're through uh, six episodes of aired of The Last Dance on Netflix. Have you had a chance to watch that? And uh, and I maybe I'll get you to comment is like for the Olympics, they have the dream team. Uh, there's like a camera through the lobby and MJ comes hauling his golf clubs through the yeah. lobby. They yeah. ask him if he who would get the last shot. Um I don't know if you have any uh, direct connections with uh, the gambling and MJ, but like, what do you guys, what do you think about that documentary yeah, series? Yeah, so, so first far? off, I've watched every episode, um, yeah. a few of them twice. I am the biggest MJ fan. I mean, as most of the world is, yeah. uh, but I've been so lucky to have a relationship with him. I met mm-hmm. him at um, the Bears Club probably seven, eight years ago, and then through my, I was sponsored by Ari out in Vegas for. The last eight years of my career and so i've done so many golf events and stuff for them and been able to play golf with mj probably around 10 times i would say um, wow, so wow. Been, i um, had no idea yeah so he's been he's been great um i mean we played the member we weren't on the same team but like played against each other the member guest at shadow creek last year uh so he's been awesome i mean he's one of the few people in my life i've ever really been starstruck by which i think anyone would be I mean, it's just it's so cool and to be able to have a relationship with him has been been awesome and this last dance i mean our it's i know there's not anything going on right now so it makes it look even better than it probably is but i mean 
it'd be hard for me to say that I've watched something that I enjoy more than more than this. It's just oh, fascinating. I couldn't oh, agree more. No. I see like Keegan Bradley with these stories and other athletes. Do you have a story where you, maybe you played with them, Jay? There was a little gambling story or maybe he, he you got the best of him or he got the best of you. Is there any stories there? The first time I ever played with him uh, was at Shadow Creek. And I'd met him a few months before down in Florida and we're playing and we had two groups and he's like, what do you want? And I'm like, first off, I was so nervous. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to negotiate strokes or anything. I'm like, whatever what do you want. He, asked, <laughs> he, asked, like, he goes, give me four side. We'll play, uh, we'll play 500 per 18. He always plays 36 holes. He's like, so 500 each round. I'm like, okay, done. Well, he played terrible and I played good and through like 12 holes, he's like, I'll buy out for 750. And I'm like, I can't really say no to MJ. I'm like, I just couldn't say no. So I was like, yeah, you got it. Whatever. Wow. Sure. I was just so happy. I, I, so I got the first time I ever played him, I got him. Most of the time, we've always been teammates, to be honest. Um, nice. I played with him down at Medalist one day, and he took me as a teammate. And I don't know what he was playing for. I know what I was playing for, and we, we did really well. And I know he won a lot more. But, uh, dude, it's unbelievable. I tell people, like, He's just, he loves the moment so much. Like, I've never seen him miss a putt on 18 that he needed to make. Wow. It's just, it's in, like the 18th hole medalist, he gets a stroke and he hits this shitty drive down the left and he hit, hooks this like wood up short of the green. It kind of rolls down and he chips it to like 12 feet and just buries it right in the middle for four for three. And we win. <laughs> and I'm just like, there was never a doubt that ball was going in. Um, but. <laughs> It's uh, and then you watch yeah, the documentary, you're like, Oh, you've been doing this for the last 25 years, <laughs> yeah. And it's true, though. I mean, you just like, first off, there's for him, there's no choke factor. I mean, he's got so much money, I mean, more than anybody he plays golf with, and like, he's been in so many big moments in his life, like a putt for whether it be a thousand bucks or a hundred thousand dollars, it just doesn't phase this guy. I mean, it's just. It's uh, it's so cool to see, and I mean, you can just see it in his see it in his head when he's walking into a putt or a shot that really means something. So, so the burning question, Colt, then is MJ the most clutch athlete of all time? I mean, it's hard to say be to say no. I mean, Tiger's obviously up there with the way his record is with closing tournaments and everything like that. Um, I mean, obviously, MJ has a team on it. I mean, John Paxson hits the shot against the Suns. Um, to win them the NBA title. So, I mean, obviously, MJ was a huge part of that, but Paxson's the one who hit the shot. Um, Tiger, I mean, I can't remember exactly what his what his like record is with the 54-hole lead, but it's something ridiculous and absurd. So and The only time he's lost was at Hawaii Yang? Yeah, but, I mean, it's 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 the same thing kind of to you. Like, try to name me a putt on the 72nd hole Tiger had to make that he missed. I, and, I, I, don't I can't think of it. I couldn't tell you one. Couldn't like, tell you exactly. One. And I've probably watched every single golf tournament Tiger Woods has ever played in as a professional, and I can't remember one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I had to laugh at like the sponsorship of Ari. It almost would make sense that you're uh, you're closer with Dennis Rodman in the in a, in a city like that than you would be MJ. But either way, it was a nice lead up. Um, next thing I I saw hovering around social media, and I I see your nickname Big Gravy. I see Sleazy. I uh, Charlie Hoffman the Seagull. There's a little bit of explanation on that. Where do all these fantastic nicknames come from? Uh, who originates? Like who's the common denominator? And uh, does Graham Delette, our our boy, our Canadian boy, have a nickname that we haven't really heard of? Uh, Graham doesn't really have one. I don't that think I mean, it's other than like Deletti. I mean, he's just he's, he's the greatest dude ever, by the way. I love that. Love that guy so much. Yeah. For me, 
mine was just random. Like we were on Twitter one day, and I think I was in a shit talking contest with some guy that was just trolling <laughs> me as usual. And that doesn't sound uh, like you. Yeah, and then Steve Elkington pops in, and he's like, "That's my guy, Big Gravy." And I'm like, I text him, I go, "What the fuck does Big Gravy mean?" And he's like. I decided that's your name now. He's, I guess it's like a really good bourbon or something, and he's a big bourbon guy. I have no idea. He's like, I like it. We're going to try to make it stick, and it did. Uh, I mean, I remember the year I was – it was kind of one of those nicknames at first I didn't really like, and then I kind of embraced it. And I remember like one year at the Players, the year I played good at the Players, I was on the 18th tee either Friday or Sunday, and right at contact this dude yelled, Big Gravy. Like, so how <laughs> made it on TV and everything. And ever since then, it's just kind of stuck. And um, it's been it's been great. I mean, honestly, I think I get called that more than I do Colt nowadays. I, I have to uh, make you elaborate on uh, on Dillette because uh, we're, we're a Canadian podcast. Uh, I know he's a Sasky boy. We're from Ontario. Um, but I would like to hear more if you have a, any sort of backstories or what kind of guy uh, Dillette is behind the scenes. Uh, we know about his golf ability, and I hope uh, the injuries um, – subside in because he still has a ton of game left in my opinion still a top player 30 player in the world what's he like off the course and uh hanging out with him i mean he's uh it's no bullshit he's one of my favorite dudes not just on the pga tour just in the world i love the guy so much um you know we we when he was in scottsdale we lived right down the road from each other here played a ton of golf together we're actually always we were scheduled to play the new orleans tournament together and then he was hurt, and then I was hurt, and then he was hurt. And so it's never happened, and something I really always missed out on. But he's just one of the boys, man. Y'all know that. Like, he just loves to have some beers, hang out, talk. I mean, I've got so many stories. Uh, I mean, I've got one where I pranked him so good. Another one that I haven't told. Uh, he was – I was on the web tour, and we were playing boys, and Andres Gonzalez was staying at his house. And yeah. Graham, was out of, Graham was out of town. So it was just Andres there, and I think Andres' his wife. But he's like, hey, y'all can come over and have a barbecue, whatever you want. So we went over. Well, we brought a bunch of Smirnoff ices and hit them around Graham's house. <laughs> he got back. And all of a sudden, one day, we get a video of Graham. He's like, fuck you guys with four Smirnoffs. And he just chugs them all at one time. Like, <laughs> uh, That's unreal. He's the, he's the best, man. He's just he's so much fun. He's He was always one of my favorite guys to get paired with on tour. We've had a blast. Um, I could, I mean. My greatest prank story on the PJ Tour involves Graham Dillette, if you want me to tell you that. It's Absolutely. I think I might have tried to bring this up on one of our earliest podcasts before we were getting into the guests, and I and I might have butchered it a little bit, but I this might be from the horse's mouth if it happened at uh, uh, in South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, it, where it, it happened at Hilton Head, and he'll tell yeah. you I got him so good. Uh, so Bryson DeChambeau was making his PJ Tour debut as a pro. He played the Masters the week before, and – Obviously, the way the locker rooms go, they're in ABC order. So it's DeShambo and DeLetta right next to each other. It's like Tuesday. And Graham, I think we probably played a practice round together. And he's like, I don't know who the fuck this Bryson DeShambo kid is. <laughs> he goes, but he's got so much stuff in front of his locker. Like, I can't even get to my stuff. And he's just bitching about it all week. He's like, seriously, like, I have to move stuff just to get my shoes out. And he goes, it's ridiculous. He's been out here five minutes. And he goes, I already hate this kid. And I don't even think he had met the guy yet. And so I was like, well, dude, just start throwing shit everywhere. And like, who cares? He'll figure it out. And all week he is just bitching about this guy. And then Puma, since Graham's Puma and Bryson's Puma, they made him put out this tweet. It's like, welcome to the team. Hashtag cap it like Bryson for Bryson's little hats he wears. And I text him. I'm like, you're such a bitch. Like, (laughs) he's like, I had to. They made me and all this. Well, that week, you know, if you win, you get a tartan jacket. 
from Hilton Head. And so they made all these little hats of Bryson's in the tartan jacket print. And so we play, we play Friday morning. I tell my caddy, I was like, here's my credit card. Go buy me one of those hats. He's like, why? And I was like, just go buy me one. So he goes and buys it. I get it. I sign it. I'm like, two grand, best of luck in your career, Bryson DeChambeau. And I put it in his locker. And so I'm out hitting balls Friday afternoon. And here comes Graham. And I mean, if y'all know Graham, you can just see the steam coming out. I mean, he's just like, he's walking over. I mean, fist, fist clenched, just like on a mission. He's like, you're never going to believe what this fucking kid did. And I'm like, what do he do? And he's like, he signed a hat, wishing me best of luck in my career, and put it in my locker. I'm like, who does he think he is? And I was like, wow, that's a bold play. He's like, you think I should say something to him? I'm like, yeah, I think you should say something. And he's like, I think I'm going to say something. So he goes away, and he walks away, and me and my caddy are dying. He comes back like 30 minutes later, and he's like, I think someone's fucking with me. And I couldn't <laughs> hold it in. And I start dying laughing. He's like, you in it. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you. He was so mad. It was wow. He threw it in the trash, too. He didn't even keep it. Oh, you should have kept it. You should have kept it. Oh, oh, that is amazing. He was just steaming. He was so mad. That is. That so, was, that was based awesome. on your relationship with Graham and, uh, you know, the, the history of the pranks there, I'm going to consider you an honorary Canadian. Perfect. So, so have, you, how many, have you been up to Canada? Have you played oh, in yeah. Canada? I played the Canadian Open several times. Obviously, uh, Glen Abbey, Hamilton, and then the one that was the best that we never went back to, Shaughnessy. Shaughnessy. Yeah, yes. thank you. God, yeah. that place is incredible, and Vancouver's just amazing. I mean, yeah. I love. My question being, what, what's your favorite spot in Canada for for all the boys up north here? Yeah, Vancouver, I loved. I love Toronto too. I mean, I, anywhere I've been, I've I've loved it. I've played the Porter Cup Ams in Niagara, so obviously went across and oh, fifteen. Yeah. 15 minutes for me. Yeah, so we yeah. know where you went across the yeah, board. Of course you do. Everyone knows. Uh, I actually played a charity event with Graham um, in Nova Scotia for the mm. web event, which uh, downtown Halifax, by the way, is Hollywood. amazing. Good, good spot. Love it. Really so, good spot. Dude, I, I love everywhere I've been there. Oh, awesome. That's, That's awesome. This is your, another honorary Canadian. We, we gave that title to, to Joel a couple weeks back. So I'll take we it. I love got that. another honorary Canadian here. I like that. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Quickly Beautiful. speaking of Joel, did you see the 5080 fired? He just posted on social media. I just saw it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's incredible. You just did too. Yeah. We, uh, we released his podcast on uh, Wednesday with Joel and he, like, I mean, he speaks for himself. This guy is like the, one of the best guys in the world. Uh, so we, we, we call it the Sunday red bump. So hopefully, uh, all of our guests, that's why we need to get uh, GD on uh, Sunday red bump, help the back out. He'll be able to fire in 60, sure. 63. Yeah. Probably, on tour probably one time. of the most underrated posts of Instagram of all time. Colin replies to the post 32 on the front nine, eight putter not working. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> 26 with two pars. Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah, what's going on there? That's not the same sport I play. No. no. That kid's good. Joel Exotic yeah. had it going today. Joel Exotic had it going today. Joel Exotic, I like that. <laughs> um, um, before we uh, – we're going to move into uh, our next little segment here, fan favorite segment. Before we do that, um, I'd be miss to not talk about, obviously, 2007, kind of like your breakout year, USAM, USAM Publix, Walker Cup – unbelievable um walk us through that year like i know a lot of athletes will talk about maybe when they go through that they're, they're sort of in they, they they're in the zone or they get into a flow state walk us through that year like maybe it was a blur now you look back on it what were some things that that stood out yeah it was just it was awesome i mean it was kind of one of those things where 
every year through college, I just kept getting better and better and better. And then I got to my senior year um, and I started off just great. I think I won my first three tournaments in college in the fall and just kept building. I didn't have I didn't finish outside the top 10, I think, the whole year in wow. college. I just played great. And uh, the thing that really, and I was still like I, I figured I was going to turn professional, but I wasn't a thousand percent sure on that. Uh, but I, I Monday qualified for the Byron Nelson um, and played great on Friday. I shot 64 on Friday and was in the top 10 going into the weekend. And that was kind of just the moment that I was like, okay, I think I can really do this. And I decided that I wanted to commit everything to trying to make the Walker Cup team that summer. And I just went on a run of just playing great golf. I think I finished like fourth at the Porter Cup. Uh, I finished third in stroke play at the Western Am. And then I win the Pub Links. And then I go to the Am. And all summer long, I had Trip Keeney tell me, he's like, you're going to win the U.S. Amateur. And I'm like, why? I've never even made match play at the U.S. Amateur. Like, I don't understand. He's like, this golf course is just absolutely perfect for you. You're going to love it. And, I mean, winning the pub links and knowing in the back of my mind, I'm most likely going to be on the Walker Cup team. And I already have an invite to Augusta if I choose to stay. Uh, it was obviously a freed me up a ton. And then I found out right before the AM that I was on the Walker Cup team, which was my number one goal. So I'm like, I got nothing to lose in this thing. Let's just go out and play good golf. And it was just one of those weeks I fell in love with the golf course. And I stepped on the tee in every match and I knew I wasn't going to lose. It was I had that cockiness yeah. to me that week where – there was no way, no matter what happened, I I wasn't raising that trophy at the end of the week. And, I mean, I think I trailed one time the whole week, and that was when Jonathan Vegas wow. won the first one for me. Uh, it was just one of those weeks. And then, you know, we, we go over to Ireland and play the Walker Cup, and same kind of thing. I played great golf. I went 2-0-2, so I never lost. Um, we should have went probably 3-0-1, but that's another story. <laughs> but uh, the partner. One, of the coolest, one of the coolest experiences of my life, playing team golf. I mean, I can't imagine – like how cool that was playing a Ryder Cup. I mean, it's just yeah, it's just it, like my I get the goosebumps just thinking about the Walker Cup and then imagine teeing off on the first tee at the Ryder Cup would be the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I'm a like I mean we could talk about the Ryder Cup forever. It's one of my favorite events, but also I hate to bring it up again, but MJ, I when I think about the Ryder Cup, he's such a staple for the U.S. side, yep. and I think um, when Ian Poulter was going off in his match on Saturday afternoon there, the second match, and he was burning all those holes coming in, uh, kind of re, uh, at Medina resurrecting the European side. I'm pretty sure he has a good MJ story of when he was walking. I think 17 was a long par three over water. Yep. He was walking by, and MJ put his hand on his chest and like. I don't know if he said anything, but gave him that like competitive stare. Like, are yeah. you gonna are you gonna muscle up here? Like you talk about that look in your eye. That gives me chills every time I think yeah. about the Ryder Cup. So he'll tell you it's his favorite sporting event in the world. I mean, he goes yeah. to every one of them, and I mean, he's been a part of a few of them, obviously. And uh, we had Keegan Bradley on our Sirius XM show a few weeks ago, and he told me like the first Ryder Cup he played in, like they Michael Jordan came in and gave the speech before the matches, and. <laughs> His, uh, I think they were the Charlotte Bobcats then. Now they're the Charlotte Hornets, obviously. But they, MJ had to make like a hype video for him. And he goes, It was the coolest thing. Like, first off, he goes, I just was on the mini tours two years ago. Now I'm sitting here in front of Michael Jordan at a Ryder Cup. Like, he's like, I'm so, he, this was quote, he goes, I'm so far in over my head right now. I don't know what to do. I mean, it was just, he was blown away by what was happening. But Michael loves the, loves the Ryder Cup. And I mean, obviously, if he speaks, you listen. And I mean, if, if he can't get you fired up, I don't know who can. Any yeah, exactly. any advice for him as a as a GM? <laughs> no, I'm staying away from that. <laughs> that that oh. already ruined one friendship. I don't want it to ruin this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, let, ready to jump into what's your handicap? 
Yeah, sure. Colt, we got a we got a fan favorite segment here. What's your handicap play? Again, we're gonna play a little intro music. Kari's gonna introduce it, and we'll roll in it. All right, here we go. What is your handicap? Alrighty, what's your handicap? Is a segment that we started. Um, it, it it stemmed from essentially us playing at public golf courses growing up or going to different junior tournaments. Um, it's certain style that someone has, something that they're wearing or that's on their bag. And before you even see them play a golf hole, before you see them make a swing, you could probably guess what their handicap is. Yeah. Um. So we've we've gone through we've gone through so many. It seems like in I don't know our. 16, 17 podcast history so far. Um, but what we do is we go on rotation. Simo will go first. Uh, Gibber and myself will each ask two. You have to either uh, say the handicap or higher, or maybe even give a brief descri- description of when you've seen it in a pro-am, uh, seen it around. At the end of this, uh, we're going to try and ask you for one. Um, but you but you can't say three. Iron head covers are out. Uh, ball retrievers out. And towel in the back pockets out. Uh, so hopefully you can think of something creative you've seen. But uh, Simo, want to kick us off? Yeah, we'll start it off. All right, Colt. So uh, I call this guy Mr. Freeze. Okay. So uh, Mr. Freeze, he's got all the gear. He's dressed head nine. He's got all the right clubs. But he stands up. He gets to the first hole. And he just can't pull the trigger. It's like 10, 15 seconds. He's staring down his, at his ball. Doesn't look at the target, but staring down there before he, before he pulls the trigger. What's that guy's handicap? Um, I would probably say like a 10. He's, <laughs> okay. the guy, he's the guy who thinks he's pretty good, but then he gets in the moment and he can't pull it back. Yeah. He goes through the full pre-shot yeah. routine, but just can't go. Yeah. It's, it's like the only thing that's able to move is like their kneecaps. They like flex towards the ball a little bit. Like a little the moment's too big for that guy. <laughs> awesome. I, I, I can agree with that. Okay, so the one I got for you, I like to kind of lay out a picture here. So, you you know, first of all, you're playing with this guy. Uh, you finally get up to the green. Everyone's putting. Uh, buddy hits his first putt. Instead of walking up to the hole to mark his ball, he lays his putter down from the hole and measures back to his, his ball. And he says, oh, inside of putter length, we're good, and just walks away. That's a gambler. I like that guy. <laughs> probably a, he's probably a sandbagger, though, so probably, he's probably, his probably listed handicap is 14. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like okay. that. He's giving the official yeah. USGA What's rating. his actual handicap? Listed 14, actual handicap. Is that what I, is actual handicap is probably like nine? All right. Uh, Am yeah. I supposed to give a number? Is that what I'm supposed to do in this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Handicap or above. Right. My explanation changes every week and I and I struggle through it sometimes. So um, <laughs> okay. Um this one uh uses a tour bag but not is not a touring professional. God, I hate those guys. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm too nice to like the everyday golfers. Probably like he's probably a, just a rich guy that's a 10, 10 to twelve. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And a nice little adjective in there. Usually yeah. it's the guys with a little bit of money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Simo? All right. Next one here. Uh, this one, you, you see the guy on the range. He's hitting balls, and clearly he missed the belt loop. We've all been there. He missed the belt loop. What's I that guy saying? Maybe he's got a white belt. Maybe we'll throw the white belt on there. White belt, missed the belt loop. Yeah. See, that's tough because I see that on tour every week. These guys, most of them... <laughs> 
Unless the wife dresses them, they're probably going to miss a belt loop. Um, if he's got a... Misses a belt loop, that doesn't make him a bad player. I'm going to say he's decent. I'll say I'll give him a seven. Perfect. Uh, that's all good. Right, Some right. are low. Some of these are low. Yeah, so we, like... yeah. we don't have to be high. We don't have to be low. All right, so we've been doing this for a little while, so I got to go back to the well. I got to go with one of the classics. So Buddy carries his golf bag as if it were a large piece of luggage. Yeah. <laughs> he's not good he's at least an 18 <laughs> if you don't know how to carry your golf bag you damn sure don't know how to swing the clubs that are in them <laughs> that's that could be put well, any more pure like um, it, it, for me it, it balances between like you know say if someone's got a stand bag and like okay toss it on one shoulder but then there's the guy that tossed like to carry it 10 feet has got to put bow straps on carries it 10 feet puts it back down again to chunk it again but then there's the other guy that just picks it up just like this, and he's walking around like he's in he's in JFK. Here we go, boys. Yep. <laughs> that guy's not off. Well, if he, if he is a player, it would be pretty good style just to have like a little Sunday carry bag and just yeah. like maybe seven clubs, like whatever. Uh, maybe on a part three course, he's just lined it up. <laughs> um, okay, this this one's this one's been a favorite. It's been a repeat offender, but I love it every time. Uh, uses different types of golf balls for different shots. Like this is mm. this is water on this hole. This is my water ball. Yeah, he's got the water ball. He putts with the Pro V. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I remember those guys. Yeah, that's that's an eighteen. That's an eighteen at best. You're very you're very generous. On I that. know I am. I'm too nice. With this. <laughs> okay, and if you could think of one for us, that'd be great. Sorry to put you on the spot, but once again, oh. no iron head covers, no ball retriever, no towel in the back pocket. Uh, you've got the guy that makes his caddy and family following him dressed the same as he does. And plays with um, earplugs in because he can't focus. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. I have I've played with that guy. So I'm gonna wow. I'm gonna feel on tour. This. Like as Bay Hill Pro Am. Wow. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And not were they dressed alike. They were in pink shirt, black knickers, and pink socks. The caddy oh, and the family. I can't believe the, this was exist. this was an amateur. Pro yes. Yeah. Oh boy! He also, he also asked a gentleman that was weed eating his backyard to to stop because he couldn't focus with the noise. Okay, so wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna field this one first. I'm gonna say this guy makes minimum ten figures a year. He's got to be <laughs> loaded. Got to be loaded. But I'm gonna say I'm going twenty four plus. But tells everyone that he can break par. Yeah. So Big difference. So you're. Part, right on part of this, he did. He pulls up into the parking lot with a with a chromed out like Mercedes something. That, I mean, the car had to have been two hundred grand. It was chrome, to, yeah. It was chromed. I mean, it was absurd. <laughs> but he was like a twelve. But he was so annoying. I oh, he was the worst. I couldn't stand <laughs> this guy. There's just so and, many violations there, eh? Like yeah. take the fine from the PGA Tour. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy you notice well before the round, and you're just like. I'm screwed. I'm playing with this guy. I know. Yeah, I you're, like, oh, yeah. you're, you're like, you're like, he's like the big top. guy in the airport. You know, yes. you're going to sit beside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like, <laughs> just like that person. Like, yeah. Oh, give me a break. And then you walk over to the tee and then here he comes. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Fuck you're right sitting off. On the range. Yeah. And he's the guy that pulls out like the inside outside approach or whatever that thing was. He's hitting balls with him. You're like, Oh dear oh. God, please don't be my partner. Please don't be my partner. The <laughs> earplugs was the, was too much for me. I don't know if I can make contact with earplugs in. Like, I yeah. think that would throw my, like, everything off. 
Oh, man. <laughs> That's Kate Gibbard, you want to throw your little extra yeah, spice so, on this? So, so the one piece I, I've been throwing in lately. So if you were to judge a book by its cover, look just looking at the three of us here, what are our handicaps? I want I want full description and I want some reasoning behind it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> this is tough. Oh. I hate this part. Oh, all right. I'll start with you. Okay. Jack. Uh, I'll start with Jack. So Jack, you're you're a ten, but you try really hard. Um, <laughs> you look like you, you got a lot of fight in you. You look like one of the littler guys. I can't really tell from here. So I'll get you a ten. Um, you got a lot of fight in you, though. Yeah, you got, Colin. Colin looks like he can play a little bit. I would say you're the second best of the guys, probably like oh. an eight. And then, uh, Kari, Kari. You, you like you smash it. Uh, right. <laughs> Probably have trouble finding it. Probably like a <laughs> six or a seven. Am I wrong on all those? <laughs> Simo, we won't go. tell you the we won't tell you exact handicaps, but we'll force you to listen to the Joel interview. Yours was actually on point with Gibber. Like your and your and Joel's descriptions were exactly the same for Jack. <laughs> yeah, the descriptions were like really hard. Uh, that and with Kari's description too. Joel's description for Kari was like, "You look like you absolutely send it, but can't find it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree with that. <laughs> okay, let's not forget, Jack. Say, Joel called you a dork as well. Yeah, Colt left that out, which was awfully nice. So mean. I'm nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, 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 yeah. Oh man. Oh. oh. But all I'll say, uh, the guy they called Jockey. No. Oh, so you look like Graham Dillette's buddy, the Jockey. Me? Oh, yeah. God. Look at Graham's tweet from, like, this past week for the Kentucky Derby. He's the guy in the middle. Right. <laughs> I did I did see the tweet, and you're already making nicknames up, and you don't even know it. I love yeah. it. Jocko, I, he's great. I will oh, say this. Man. You were off on all three handicaps, uh, including the order. Um, we will not tell you, but hopefully you can give uh, Joel's interview a quick little gander, even if you want to skip to the what's your handicap, and you yep. could find out. <laughs> but it, that was... <laughs> That, that is my favorite part of every that's oh, it by yeah. a mile um quickly can we move on i uh simo you want you mind if i jump over you talked yeah, about the zurich and try and get paired with uh gd there and so i'm assuming that if you were to pick one guy on tour that you'd want to be your partner with in the zurich it would be uh graham yeah for sure him or i mean my one of my best buddies out there is gary woodland so uh one of those two for sure I've, but i've played with ricky barnes in that event i've played with boo weekly which was an absolute blast. Um, I, I love that, even though we didn't play that great, but it was still awesome. But, you know, there's so many good guys out there and so many guys I enjoy playing with. Uh, but, yeah, definitely Graham and Gary, for sure. Okay, let's just, uh, for hypothetically, let's say you're playing with uh, Graham, what would your walk-up song be? Oh, man, that's a good one. I know we both like Garth Brooks, so we'd have, we'd have to go with Garth Brooks' song. Okay, do you have a specific song? Because we're gonna we include it in our little bit of social media post when we throw it on. Uh, I mean, one of my favorites is Colin Baton Rouge. So perfect. I even though we're Canadian and that's Louisiana, it'd still be you good. And, yes, you God. and Joel. Yeah. You and Joel, like <laughs> on par here so far. Yeah. It's, it's weird how that works. You and Joel pregame before this one. Joel gave you the inside track on me. <laughs> I wish I could say that, but we actually didn't. But that's funny. Uh, um. That, that's fantastic. Uh, one uh, call. Sorry, take it over. Yeah. So I will. Uh, what I'll say is that uh, thanks for the throw over, Kari. Um, but we're gonna go back to a little bit of gamble stories because I did read you and Phil had a little bit of a uh, little bit of gamble history. So walk us through that. And I know you kind of got the better of them there. 
Uh, I would say over time, it's pretty close to even. Um, I definitely, the first time I played with him, I got killed. I was so nervous. I didn't really know. <laughs> the first time I, I was going out, we were at Palm Springs at the, at the, what was then the Bob Hope. And Dustin Johnson texts me. He's like, hey, come to Madison Club and have a drink because it's right down the road. And I was like, perfect. So it's, it's uh, Dustin, Pat Perez, Phil, and somebody else. I can't remember who it was. But they're finishing up on 18, and I'm just standing there with some other guys watching, and it feels like, hey, grab your clubs. We're going to E9. And I'm like, I don't even have my golf shoes. Like, they're at the they're at TJ West. He's like, grab them. I'm like, okay, whatever. I've never played with you, but I can't say no. And so on the first tee, he's like, me and you for X amount. And I'm like, God, I sound like a bitch if I say no, so I'll just take it. <laughs> he kills me. And then uh, we're, we're walking up the last, and he's like, I heard you like to play gin. And I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, well, let's go. Let's go shuffle them up. And I'm like, done. Well, I went it all back plus some. Oh, what, he's a like, great what are you day. doing later? And I was like, I actually have a dinner uh, here with a bunch of members. And he's like, you're skipping it. Me and you are playing cards. And I'm like, okay, well, I feel kind of bad skipping this dinner. These people invited me. He's like, don't worry. It's fine. They'll bring you dinner to the card room. And so me and him go at it till, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. And I definitely came out on the end. And the cool thing First off, you you would think I've won ten majors the way I talked to him, um, but, <laughs> but it, he he lo- I think that's one of the reasons he likes me. I mean, we have a lot of we have a lot of fun together. And uh, I remember one year at the players, we had a we had a match going. It was me and Jamie Lovemark versus him and Brendan Steele, and we were just kicking the shit out of them all day. And <laughs> they uh, they threw this press at us on seventeen, and Brendan Steele birdie seventeen. Um, so they're one down, one to play, but then one up on the press. And then we get to eighteen. And, like, Brendan hits it way right in the trees. Phil hits it, whatever. I hit it in the fairway. And I hear this whop, and I hear these trees cluttering around. And Brendan Steele out of the trees hits this ball up over all the trees, clanked off some trees, goes to the foot. And so they oh, tie the no. overall with the press, and he just gave it to me for the whole week. Wind up finishing third. And it was the biggest check I ever made. And I was like, hey, you can beat me out of that little amount all you want on every Tuesday as long as I finish third every week. But he uh, – <laughs> He's good, man. He's a tough. He's a tough trash talker, which is which I really enjoy. So you know knowing what? that he's a tough, he's a tough trash talker. We got big event coming up with uh, obviously Phil and Brady, Tiger Manning. Knowing all of that, knowing the format, kind of who Phil is, who those guys are, who you got your money on there. Well, I don't know if you watched the little opening deal with uh, Ernie Johnson yesterday that came out, but I did. Peyton Manning is just all time in my book. I mean, that guy. Unbelievable. The breaking and entering comment he made to Tom. Yeah. That was, the Boston comment was also great. Yeah. I mean, I just root for Peyton Manning so much because of the way he is. And I think he actually might bring some entertainment to the to the event, whereas the, the yeah. original match with Tiger and Phil sucked because they didn't talk to each other yeah, the yeah. whole time. It was very disappointing. But with it being at Medalist, which is where Tiger plays at all the time, it'd be hard for me to go against them, even though they're pretty big favorites. But I would I would lean towards Tiger and Peyton. We were talking about Phil, and uh, he recently chimed in on like the Twitter debate about VJ playing on the Corn Ferry yeah. tour, tour in June. Um, I, I kind of want to just gain your stance on it because you're you, you pretty uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, you're pretty. Uh, I guess inspirational. You shape a lot of things through just your social media and your tweets, and like, I mean, everything's criticized. But uh, what do you think about that? Like, I have my yeah. own opinion, and I, I know someone yeah, else had so, their own. I mean, this guy brought up a tweet I said six years ago last night uh, when I criticized Da Points for playing 
the last event at which is going to be at this golf course VJ's playing at. It's the die course at TPC uh, Sawgrass. And so I, I kind of jumped on DA. It was the last event. And I mean, this guy's fully exempt on the PJ Tour the next year, but he was playing to try out a caddy. But I'm like, dude, you realize on Sunday, you make a birdie on 18 or do throughout the whole week, whatever it is, you could cost a guy getting their PGA Tour card when you're already fully exempt. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous and not fair. Yeah. Now, like, I get it. Vijay Singh's won $70 million on the PGA Tour. He was a Hall of Famer, um, you know, one of the greatest to ever play. I don't understand why he needs to go play this tournament. Now, I get it. He's earned the right and all that. But at the same same time, he could, you know, finish third or or – you know, winning a playoff and cost someone their PGA Tour card. And I just, I think that's so unfair. Like, I, I'm i a big believer in the Corn Ferry Tour and the mini tour guys. And, um, you know, I respect what they do so much. And that Corn Ferry Tour, since it's the only pathway to the PGA Tour now, right right now, I just, I, I, I think it's wrong in his opinion. Now, I wouldn't have gone about it attacking Vijay Singh the way Brady Schnell did. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, you know, everyone's got their opinion. They're allowed to say what they want. And, and I think Brady Snell probably regrets coming at one of the greatest to ever play the game the way he did. That's not going to make too many fans out there, but man, it's just, it's tough. I get it. Like he's not going to be in Cologne. He, he, BJ's such a golf, I mean, junkie and such a competitive, like he, he just wants to compete yeah. and he lives right there. But God, I mean, knowing that the first alternate sitting there, uh, a guy that's probably hurting for starts, and probably hurting for money. That's that's a tough one for me. I'm sure you probably feel the same way when uh, maybe when Steph Curry or, or Tony no, Romo tees different. it up there too. Oh, no, that's, you think that's different? That's totally different. That's a sponsor exemption, and that's where I get in a big argument with these people. Like when when Tony Romo gets a spot in Dallas at Byron Nelson, and Steph Curry gets it there. Look, these these sponsors put up so much money to make these tournaments happen, and they get four unrestricted invites. They can invite all three of you if they want to. And yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, there is. <laughs> and first off, Steph Curry playing on the Corn Ferry Tour brings so many people, sells so many more tickets, mm-hmm. brings so much more, um, you know, people actually tune in to see what in the hell is going on. And that's it's not like Steph Curry's keeping the next guy in line from being in that field. Like, mm-hmm. that sponsor invite wasn't going to go to the next guy in line. It's going yeah. to go to someone they think can help out the event. Same thing with Tony Romo in Dallas. Um, but this is a totally different deal. This is not a sponsor exemption. This is he has status on that tour because of what he's done on the PGA Tour, and it knocks a person out of that field. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's Fair got enough. the lifetime status, but I couldn't agree more with the Romo or Steph Curry thing. Like the amount of people you have, uh, just even amongst our circle, texting us like, "How cool is it that he's playing?" Uh, people that wouldn't watch golf or isn't a golf fan now, all of a sudden, they have uh, a peaked interest because they're a basketball or football fan. I I think it's great, and you know what? The first thing I do is go look at their scorecard when uh, on a PGA Tour app or even the Corn Ferry, and I want to see how they're doing, and I and I hope they play well. Like, and they and they can play it's not like they're i think it's just one thing the the public doesn't understand is that these these sponsor exemptions can be given to absolutely anyone Mm -hmm. i mean just like when annika sornstam got one at colonial in 2003 like Mm -hmm. they have these certain amount of invites they don't have to give them to the next person in line they give them to people they have relationships with and people they think can better their their golf tournament and vj singh is not on a sponsor exemption at this corn fairy tour event he's just eligible because he's a lifetime pga tour member yeah and, and you know i echo you a hundred percent there colt 
I, you know, VJ obviously he's a Hall of Famer. I, you know, sure, sure he has the right, but like you said, people are trying to make their livelihood, and uh, and as they, you know, they go up through the ranks. Like we've inter- interviewed the likes of Matt Hill. I don't know if you are you're familiar oh, yeah. with Matt Hill. Like great guy, obviously a hell of a golfer himself. But he's out there Monday qualifying for web events, and you know him VJ coming into play an event could kick him out of a field, right and I think that's unfair for someone on the PGA Tour to be able to jump back. I think jumping back from the PGA Tour to the Corn Ferry Tour should happen in the playoffs like they do, and I think that should be restricted. Yeah, now, like, look, I've I've seen guys, and I've done it myself, where, like, you're going along throughout the year, and there's an invitation. Like, one year, I wasn't in Bay Hill, and my buddy was the tournament director down in Louisiana at the um, one in Lafayette down there. And he's like, hey, will you come play? I mean, you have a decent name. Will you come play? And I'm like, yeah. And at the same time, guys that get off to bad starts on the PGA Tour, if they're not in an event that week, will go play the Corn Ferry Tour, try to make some points to get in the Corn Ferry playoffs, maybe get their Corn Ferry Tour card or get their PGA Tour card through that way. So, I mean, there's there's times where that's going to happen, and it's perfectly fine. But this one with with a guy, BJ, first off, I love VJ. VJ was one of the greatest dudes ever to me when I came out on tour. He took me under his wing, played practice rounds with me. It was it was awesome. So I would agree with what he's doing, but I would have just said it in a much more respectful way yes. than what Brady Schnell did. Yeah. <laughs> now, like if it. I'm sitting with VJ having a drink, I might say it the way he did, just talking shit, but I'm not going to see at him like that. <laughs> yeah, I, it. I think it always comes down to like, you know, yeah, yes, he definitely deserves to do whatever the hell he wants, but it's, you know, when we look at the optics of it, you know, Think logically, I guess, is well, where it comes back. Give me, so answer me this question. Say Tiger Woods is in the same boat, and say Tiger commits to play the Corn Ferry Tour event. Yeah, seems a little I, bit more ridiculous. There ain't going to be one person to be like, hey, Tiger, you need to sit your ass out. This yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? They're going to be like, holy <laughs> shit, Tiger Woods is playing in the same tournament as me. <laughs> <That'd be great. laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm pretty sure guys on the PGA Tour are still doing that. doesn't matter what kind of generation they're a part of. Yeah. Let's do a quick nine. It's our speed round. I actually yeah. saw that you guys uh, call your uh, quick nine questions emergency nine, which I'm extremely jealous of. We'll take the loss in that category because our <laughs> quick nine doesn't sound as cool. Um, but we're going to ask you nine quick questions. You can answer them as quickly, as slowly as you want. Um, but, uh, Cole, you want to kick us off with our first three yeah all right colt uh favorite movie top gun love it twitter or instagram uh twitter i'm not the most photogenic guy (laughs) (laughs) i would argue that (laughs) most uh most impressive on the range we haven't heard of oh you haven't heard of or like maybe a name we kind of heard of but like hasn't quite got there yet Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, God, I mean, I would have said Scotty Scheffler before the whole world knew about him this year. I mean, he's got to no get doubt, up. No doubt, yeah. So I've been so, riding you know, Scotty seven years old, and I was like, this kid's going to be a superstar. Um, so I'm going to take credit for that one, even though he, people know who he is now. And he's like 48th in the world. <laughs> no, <laughs> we'll take Scotty. That's a fair yeah. answer. Yeah. Give her. All right, we're moving to Amen Corner here. All right. Joel Damon or Max Homa? Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> I like both, I love both those guys. Uh, Max invited me to his wedding, so I got to say Max. Right, oh, nice. Right. We heard good stories about that wedding. Favorite playing partner on tour? Uh, Gary Woodland. All right. Honorary Canadian. I, he, likes, yeah. he likes Canada. Yeah. yeah. Tough one here. 
Tough one. Over under on Shanks per year. Got it set at three. For me, under. Honestly, like all right. Wow. I uh, three was set. I'll, way I'll too probably high. shank the shit out of a few tomorrow. I can't tell you the last time I, sh- I actually shanked one. Yeah, that's good. good. That's good. Yeah. One yeah, I like to throw that one there because <laughs> Webb Simpson happens oh. to throw a couple in there every year. Webb gets one a tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he shoots 63 somehow with it. It's frustrating for us. I I actually have to eliminate my uh, seventh question, but I'm going to read it out anyway. I put, uh, did you ever find out my DA points? But I was playing golf that week in 2014 because I was just following the Twitter (laughs) account there. We we won that one. (laughs) Your response, like, dude, that tweet was in 2014. What have you been doing? Yeah. Seven years ago. Um, Okay. so what should they, uh, the captains do for picking the Ryder Cup teams? Well, first off, I think it's an absolute travesty if they have a Ryder Cup without fans. So, yeah. number one, we got to have fans. Um, I mean, I like the way the system is. It's, it's obviously going to be difficult this year with the points. I mean, shit, if they decide to do it without fans, they might as well just let them pick all 12 guys. Because yeah. I, I think it's going to be stupid without fans. It just won't, it won't be a Ryder Cup. It's not the same thing. Like, yeah, it's exactly. But if we yeah. push it back to next year, then you can have the points list and all that and have eight, eight point, eight qualifiers and four captain's picks. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen, obviously. So, we'll, we won't elaborate on that one. Um, who on tour should use my golf locker? Is that like how you get clothes? Yeah, they like pick your outfit. It's like an infomercial oh, kind of thing. Golf God, channel. So many. Um, Who's the guy we always say? Well, he's not on tour anymore. Spencer Levine was a horrendous dresser. Um, <laughs> Chris Stroud. Chris oh, Stroud. Can there's an help. interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm forgetting a guy. It's probably going to come to me like some rather random question during this. But there was someone that I'm like, good Lord, does he know what he's wearing? Like, he looked terrible. I'm interested to see what you say about this name. I watched Steve Marino play, and he didn't look too crisp out there. No, he doesn't, but he's amazing. He just doesn't care. <laughs> no, he, he, does he really does. He's great. Um, if it was a what's your handicap, I would have said five plus, five up or more, I should say. Um, and then uh, my last one, always, uh, Cameron Smith or Patrick Reed? Uh, Cameron Smith, he's such a nice guy. I actually really like Patrick Reed. Um, yeah. he's, me and him have always gotten along great. Now, I don't agree with what he did down there in the Bahamas. Um, but, you know, I respect both of them. If you're asking me who I think will have a better career, which I just threw that in myself, Patrick Reed. I mean, he, that, kid, that kid's so good. Like, he doesn't need to pull the shit he did in Bahamas. That's what sucks is because he's so good. Uh, and now that's what he's going to be known for. And that sucks for him. I mean, he's, he's a Masters champ, but he's also the guy that improved his lie down in the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah um polarizing figure i i feel like lots of people feel the same way about him but like you listen to like a tiger interview they asked the best short game on tour not without a second of hesitation patrick reed's hands around the green are like unbelievable hitting shots like you wouldn't believe there's no doubt i mean he honestly like his iron game is really just not that great but his uh hit the shots he hits around the greens are just crazy i mean yeah and he makes them look so easy and like ones where i feel like a lot of guys might just kind of bail out and Hit the safe shot. He never does that. Yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of games. He's, good, he's I, good out of the woods too, eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have. Last, uh, I got two one bo- more to. Add. Okay, okay, you two got two more. Questions. I got one more, real quick. Yeah, it's okay. One. We're going three bonus. We're going questions, to a playoff. So well, oh, yeah. Wow. It's this called is, uh, what is that? Okay, I'm British gonna go. Uh, 
just based on the, I don't, even, I don't even want to call it anchoring, but the uh, Scott McCarron putting stroke uh, that was servicing uh, around. What should they have changed to the rule that that didn't happen, like that discrepancy? Yeah, it's a tough deal, and he he jumped all over me when I kind of just commented on some people that tagged me. Uh, I, I my, you didn't even have an opinion on it. I I know yeah. I keep bringing up Twitter, which is sad, but like you didn't have an opinion. You said you. You sent the photo that was a screenshot on TV. That's why I was tentative of calling it well, anchoring because we don't really know. But yeah, so that whole like thing anchoring. started. Someone tagged me with the photo, and I just said, oh, my, because uh, it looks terrible. But it's a photo. And then someone said, does anyone have a video? And my buddy sent me a video when he saw that, and I just posted it. Like, I never once said it. And I got a phone call from Scott McCarron. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> that's what happens when you're pretty popular on there. Yeah, saying I was calling him a cheater, and I'm like, I never once called you a cheater. I've never used that word when it comes to you, but I mean, maybe you have a guilty conscience. I don't know. Um, but the rule sucks. All I've ever said is the rule sucks for those guys. Either you, either you allow it, or you have to ban the long putter or something yeah, all altogether. Right. It's just, it's just not, it's just not right. I mean, it looks like you look at Adam. Like I said this. I said if Adam Scott. If any of those videos or pictures would have came up of Adam Scott at Riviera this year, all hell would have broke loose. But like his is clearly like three inches away from his chest. That South African kid, Justin Harding, it's the same way. It's way away from his chest. So you can clearly see it. Um, the other stuff, it's 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 not, and it's tough, and it's it it sucks for those guys because people are always going to watch and consider them whether they're bending the rules or not. The rules just written terrible. The whole intent thing. I mean, I could stick it in my belly button and be like, oh, I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, like maximum length of putter is what I went. Maximum thirty-eight <laughs> inch putter, and everyone goes. Like that's kind of yeah. the way you have to do it. If you, if you're talking about intent, we talked yeah. about uh, to Joel about the the is it Sun King the yeah. drop. Same mm-hmm. thing. What's intent if he's not there to protect the field and the guy just gets to do whatever he wants? I'm going to be shooting a lot of low numbers in tournaments this year. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> a, that was a tough one. I tell you, I give Joel a lot of credit because I don't know if a lot of guys would have stood up the way he did. I mean, at some point, you're just like, okay, I don't really care anymore. I'm going to go worry about my own game. Uh, but the fact that they sat there and he argued and let a group go through, and the best part is that the group was Ben Crane, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's never played through anyone in his life. Uh, I thought that was awesome. So I give a lot of credit to Joel for standing up and, and, and protecting the field. Yeah, it's okay. Sorry, Simo, that one went a little bit longer than I thought. Go ahead. No, you're good. We're going to that final one. Uh, we want to know the greatest shot you've ever hit in your eyes. So maybe it's not like the bat, but like your your favorite shot you've ever hit. Oh man, it's a loaded uh, question. Probably the three iron at Quail Hollow on seventeen. Um, I finished hole in one birdie to make the cut. I saw. Uh, that. Yeah, yeah, I, I made that. The from two twenty, that was pretty cool because I knew I needed to finish birdie birdie to have a chance to make the cut. Honestly, probably the drive on eighteen after I was so jacked up for making the hole in one was cool. That was up there, but. Um, that hole in one's definitely one I remember because it was my first one on tour, and to make one there from two twenty seven was pretty ridiculous. But um, that's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, did you know what was going in? Like, because it was coming in hot. Did you did you know it was going in, or what was the well, what was I the think any, any ball that lands on that green is coming in hot. It's, it's <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I mean, you remember when Jason Day won that year? That ball was. Everybody's like, oh, it might have been in the back fringe. I'm like, that ball was so far into the water, it wasn't even close. <laughs> um, so I hit it, and I knew it was good, and it landed right where I was trying to land it. And then it's just you pray that it stays out of the back water. Um, yeah. That ball was a little, little dicey, but uh, it was. I'll never forget, that's for sure. Oh, you could say the putt at Torrey Pines when it was raining and blowing 100, too. 
Oh, I yeah. saw that clip. I, I saw that clip. Yeah. It was sideways. Oh. Who, who are you playing with? They celebrated harder than you yeah. did. Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel. <laughs> Billy yeah. Dude, it was comical out there that day. I mean, I, the second hole is like the only short hole at Torrey Pines. It's like 390. It's normally a driver and a wedge for me, and I hit driver five wood. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was nuts. I think Billy at three iron in. It was absurd. Wow. Yeah. I don't think you you guys didn't play much longer than that hole because that was that was unplayable. Oh, we went back out though. Yeah, went back out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No mercy. So so with that hole in one yeah, hole one in competition there is that your only hole in one in competition? In professional competition, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How how many you got total? Eight. Eight. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. It's a, it's a arms race here. Who's <laughs> the most of us? Well, we, hey, so here's another question. Who's got this? Oh. I guess throws out the what's your handicap? Who's got the most aces out of the out of the four of us? Uh God, I'm guessing you do since you asked the question. Oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> they always that. <laughs> like, we already went through this. You already judged us on a period. I have so five. Me? Yeah. No. No, we're tied. We we both got eight. Oh, you got eight. Wow. That's impressive. That is impressive. I got zero. That's equally as impressive, <laughs> considering how much golf I play. I, I give Colin the title. He's got one in a par four, though. All right. That's good. Uh, what else do you got? Uh, that's it for me. I rolled through everything. We're going to move at, We're gonna move into our fan question. So, Colt, we went on Instagram uh, yesterday. I think you saw it. We asked a fan. We Obviously, we told them you we were coming on. So, uh, we let them uh, let them chime in here. We'll pick three. The first question we always ask every guest is uh, Saturday – round with the boys 18 holes how many beers are you putting back uh probably like five six i'm more of a tequila guy so oh all yeah. right uh, yeah man but if it's like we're trying to play golf all day and all that i mean four or five uh yeah. either that or two tequilas <laughs> i like that yeah <laughs> you sprinkle into the and the sprinkle yeah. in the tequilas yeah i love I like it, it. Here's the burning question: If you had to go hole for hole, hole for hole, beer for beer, or drink for drink with Joel Damon, who wins? That's a tough one. He's good. Um, both of us are very good at this. He told me the other day he had a goal of drinking 24 White Claws, and he got to 22, and his wife made him stop. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, first off, that's rude. She wouldn't let you get the last two in, right? You're not far. Yeah, like, I mean, you're already there. I mean, you're not going to get any drunker. Uh, I will say, I will. It would be a hell of a match. I think I can get him though. I all right, it. I like I it. So, so when all of this clears, our first ever video content piece. We're yeah. flying to Scottsdale <laughs> and we're filming this match. Now, I'll say there. Uh, it would be hard to find a better hungover golfer than me. Uh, see, oh. they, they're definitely yeah. a fine line. Oh you yeah, JD, you and JD up there. Is he he doesn't ever get hungover. He just keeps it going. <laughs> yeah, it going. fair yeah, enough. He, he mentioned he like showed up for an eight thirty tea time. He's been out since seven thirty, like an hour. He didn't sober up till fifteen. He's, Unbelievable. He's one of a kind. I don't know if anyone can go toe to toe with that guy. No, <laughs> I don't. So he was recently uh, interviewed on Subpar. I haven't had a chance to listen to that specific one. But what was he like as a guy? Everything you expect, or did you know him previously going yeah, into it? I've, I've known him for a while. He's been. Awesome. Um, yeah. But Boy, he's a guy we haven't had in studio, actually. So we did it kind of like we're doing it here with Skype, and we did it with Zoom. Um, so you can't get the full effect of him sitting right next to you. But, man, he is he's, he's the greatest dude ever. He's just 
I mean, he's just a normal, everyday guy that's got a lot of problems, and I think that's why everybody loves him. Uh, oh, no. he, he embraces those problems, and that's another reason why people love him. But, I mean, you talk about one of the most talented people I've ever come across in the game of golf. It's just ridiculous, the stuff he can do. It's just whether or not his mind is in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, read, I don't know plays. if you've, you've read his book, Life in the Rough. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he, I mean, oh, I played so a practice good. round. I played a practice round with him at the old Buick, uh, I don't know if it's invitation or whatever it was, up in Warwick Hills in Michigan. We play on a Tuesday. Me and Ryan Palmer play him and Jason Gore, and I was hooping it from everywhere that day. And we get to a par <laughs> nice. 5 12, and he's got 15 feet for eagle, and I had 20 feet for birdie, and I make it, and he three putt, and he threw his putter in the water during a practice round. That would be his only club in uh, in Lake Michigan, I feel. Yeah, I think exactly. there was one at Whistling Streets yeah. that uh, fell in there. I thought Gore was going to kill him. <laughs> it, was, it was great. I love it. All right, we'll, uh, we'll move on to the fan questions here. Uh, who takes a practical joke the wrong way on tour? Probably Patrick Reed after all this. <laughs> yeah, I heard put a someone... shovel in his bag. He wouldn't be, he wouldn't be happy. Well, I heard someone got kicked out of the players on Thursday this year because they asked him to autograph their shovel. <laughs> I, <laughs> I brought I one to the course. That's all time for me. I love that. So that's the so, first guy that comes to mind. You know, sometimes uh, when you like rebuttal against that, like I don't know, constructive criticism, like someone coming after you a little bit, it just makes it a little bit worse, right? It like kind of feeds the fire. If you could, there's a point where you could take that with a positive, sign it, like it, laugh with the fans, say, "Hey, thanks." Like. Appreciate yeah, he, it won't happen he again. He signed a Sandcastle shovel deal. He would have made yeah. millions. If he would have signed it, that would have been awesome. I agree with you on that. <laughs> he should have owned it. I love it's it. funny because the you fans own it. Then, then you own it and then you move on. It's okay. Yeah, whatever. The past is the past. I'm going to sign the shovel for you and then I'm going to build sandcastles. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's great. Oh. Usually the yeah, fan questions are like, who's the practical jokester on tour? But I feel like we're talking to him. So it's interesting how that one yeah. has turned yeah. around. <laughs> I like to have fun out there. <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, next one here. A lot of Graham Dillette, but uh, we got Graham Dillette's worst habit. Um, Probably chewing tobacco, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he or he says fuck eat. every other word. That's <laughs> two two Canadian public, things, which amongst us is great, but in public it doesn't go as as well. But he does say that a lot. <laughs> That's all of it. All right, that. That's great. Uh, we saw we saw recently uh, you had the Chuckster on uh, golf subpar, which uh, we're really looking forward to. But how many shots would you have to give the Chuckster in eighteen holes? Uh, there's not enough. Um, it's, <laughs> so we we played last Sunday nine holes, and he is adamant about this that. No golfer in the world can beat him if they give him a stroke a hole, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. He is so bad. He's actually gotten a lot better, uh, but he's just he is just not good. And I mean, I I feel like I could give him two a hole for sure and still win comfortably. Three might be a really good match if he if he wow. plays real and like counts all the bullshit. Twenty seven shots aside, he hasn't improved since the Haney project. That's for sure. <laughs> he's gotten a little better with the irons, like he. There, he hasn't been – like, when we played on Sunday, he wasn't hitching the irons. It's still the driver. The driver's just a nightmare. Yeah. But can you – so if he ever got in the heater, you could talk him into hitting driver off the tee just to get him off the tracks, eh? Oh, man. it's He wants to be good. I feel so bad for him. He just wants to be able to play with the boys and be, have normal <laughs> fun games. And he just can't. It sucks. 
That's the state of my game, too, so don't feel too bad. <laughs> if you swing it like Barkley, I'm way wrong on this handicap. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to stay in the fairway so I can walk and talk to the fellas. <laughs> it's just, Kari's swing is a, a, like a Webb Simpson swing hey. on, on, on uh, fast forward. We don't need to shot. elaborate here, guys. This is about Cole, not me. Shot. Love the shot. Uh, uh, we'll go. We'll go one more, just because uh, I know you're uh, you're a big Texas sports fan. How do you feel about the How do you feel about the Andy Dalton signing? It's interesting. Um, I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan. I mean, I watch every second of every game and freak out when they lose. Um, it's inter- I, I like it because, to be honest, we didn't have a backup. I mean, Cooper Rush was first off. I didn't know Cooper Rush was our backup until about six weeks ago. <laughs> I don't think anyone did. <laughs> I mean, no one, exactly. I don't understand what they're doing with Dak Prescott at all. I mean, granted, $31 million to the franchise is awesome, but, like, who are you going to get? Who else are you going to trade for? Yeah. Are you going to make – I mean, like, what are you waiting on? Like, pay this kid his money. He's killed it for you. Um, but I, I like it. I mean, if, if some reason Dak gets hurt or starts struggling, you got a guy that's – He's not the flashiest guy, but he can manage a game. He's fiery. Yes, fiery. Well done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, Colt, uh, we won't take up too much more of your time, but uh, I think we'd be hard-pressed to miss. Obviously, this past year, Waste Management Phoenix Open, you kind of decided to to call it a quits. Um, what went into that decision, and like, how hard was it for you to make that decision to, yeah. to kind of end professional golf for you? It was it was real hard. I mean, it's all I've ever known and all I've ever done. I've, I mean, between the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour, I think I've played 12 years. Um, you know, it's just I, I was on the last start of my medical. I wanted to save it for a place that I really enjoyed playing, and obviously this is my home now. So I wanted to I wanted it to be my last one if it was going to be my last one. And I just the last couple of years have been brutal with injuries. Um, you know, I had surgery on my left wrist and my left thumb, and it's been tough, especially coming off where I came off two years of 2015 and 16 where I thought I played really well, and yeah. 16 was a year where I just I think I made like 22 cuts and was up there a lot and just felt like I had some chances. And I finally thought I was starting to get really, really comfortable. And my game was starting to get where I needed it to be, to be, um, you know, kind of a steady figure on the PGA tour. And then the injuries crept, kept creeping in and, um, it really derailed me. I just never got my game back. I, I came back too soon the first time. I probably came back too soon the second time, which I think is normal. Um, yeah. you know, guys just like yeah. going, sitting on the sidelines. It's tough. I mean, you hate sitting here watching TV and seeing your buddies out there playing, because that's what I love to do more than anything. Um, it's frustrating because now I feel like my game's in the best shape it's been in probably since 2007, and I have nowhere to play golf. But you know, <laughs> opportunities with you know the podcast, the SiriusXM stuff, the CBS stuff have come up, and you know maybe these injuries were a blessing, and this is the next chapter in my career. And I love being around the game of golf so much, and uh, you know I look forward to getting out to the golf course every day. And you know I still play golf every day, and I love it. It's 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 fun. It's I don't get mad anymore, which is kind of nice. Um, it's it's great, and yeah. I hope this broadcasting stuff takes off. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I like to hear that. So the the question I have. So now that okay, you've retired from professional golf. Is there any chance we could see Colt Nose tipping up at a USAM at some point in the future? Well, I got to get my AM status back. So we got two two years, right? Is it two years oh. we have to wait? No, I'm mine is between <laughs> six and eight years. Oh, so you're, oh, so it's 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 much Way more. You said senior am, right? No, I'm just kidding. It depends on how many years you played and how much money you made. Oh, I see. I, I see. This is you know, I'm a peasant here. I didn't know. 
But I do <laughs> want to play. I want to play one more PGA Tour event because I'm currently at 199 career events. So I'd like to play just one more. I think that should be the Canadian Open in 2021. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. That's enough of that. Perfect. I'll play. <laughs> I just want 200. Yeah. <laughs> Let's wrap things up here. I, I will try my best to justify what you've done in the golf world since your retirement. One, I remember following you around as a guy on the PGA Tour. I was a huge fan on social media. Um, I, I remember you since the amateur days, and that, that was when I was uh, as, a, a, as a junior golfer. So one, if you continue to play golf, we wish you the best success. Two, there's no doubt in our minds that uh, the, the success on the media side of things uh, even just talking to you, it's uh, you're already gravitating to something that we strive to be. Uh, I've listened to some of your podcasts. They're phenomenal. I listen to a little bit of the XM stuff. You're doing a great job on that. And I know the guys on tour from the guys we've talked to on our podcast ourselves, somehow, some way your name gets mentioned in every single one, whether it's good or bad. <laughs> I, I would take that as the ultimate compliment. And, and we can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, hopefully, uh, your podcast uh, gains even more Canadian listeners because we do have a few on our side. Um, hopefully, it gains on your side. And uh, and thanks so much for coming on, Cole. We awesome. appreciate it. Guys, it's been a blast. Anytime, man. It was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I really appreciate all those kind words. Take her easy, Cole. Awesome, Cole. You got appreciate it. Awesome. it. Thank you very much. I appreciate hey. coming on. And there you have it, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you did, hit that subscribe button. Share this out with a friend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, keep swinging.